I mean, I make it sound a little bit dramatic, but it really is important that we get these things sorted out as soon as possible um, in our careers in general. I'm talking about employment contracts. So the excitement of signing an employment contract can sometimes leave us in a position where, like, we sign before reading. There's so many pages. We're like, ah, it's fine. They've got our best interests at heart, blah, blah, blah. People have done this before. Um, But we're going to be highlighting some of the considerations that you need to make before you sign on the dotted line. So I'm joined by by an attorney specializing in labor law and the director of Legal Leaders, Aslam Mullah. Thank you so much for joining us, Aslam. Good morning, Nicole. Thank you for having me. I mean, I don't know how many times you've had to deal with people who've signed a contract that they really shouldn't have or that they should have added an extra thing to, but this is going to be pivotal to a lot of individuals listening now, especially those who have just gotten a job after losing it due to COVID or whatever. So thank you so much for joining us to to highlight this really special and important topic. What would you say are the different types of employment contracts out there? Sure. Look, I agree with what you mentioned earlier. I mean, at some point it happens to everyone. You get a job offer, you're really excited about it, you have to sign the contract, but you don't really take the time to look through the terms of the contract. And Nicole, there are some clauses in there that can really hurt you later on. So you asked about the different types of employment contracts. Um, You get fixed term contracts, uh, permanent contracts, independent contractor arrangements. However, the most common issue that I see in practice, Nicole, is a clause called a restraint of trade. And nobody knows how important that clause actually is Mm. because it can actually affect your future livelihood. Yeah. So if you look at a restraint of trade, essentially what that person is agreeing to is you're saying that you will work for you will not work for another competitor or start your own business in the same industry for a specific period of time. But then how are you going to pay your bills? Mm Especially especially if that's like what you specialize in or the only thing that you do and know about. Yes, exactly. And in fact, there is actually a case regarding that that was heard this year before the the high court where an an employee was taken to court on the basis of a restraint of trade. And he said to the judge, this is all I know. I've been doing this for the last eight years and it is COVID. It's a COVID time. Uh, People are trying to survive during this pandemic. Uh, Is it fair for me now to go find something else in a totally different industry. I don't have the experience. I don't have the qualification. Mm. I don't have the education. And the judge actually agreed with him. So, yes, the whole law around restraints of trade is based on something called public policy. Mm -hmm. And what that means, Nicole, is, is the restraint reasonable and fair considering the circumstances? And that was the pivotal point that, that the judge considered. The judge said, It's COVID time. A large number of people have been retrenched. People have lost their jobs. Businesses have been forced to close down. And the judge said it's really unfair for somebody who has accumulated these years of experience to now be expected to do something else. So in this case, the judge recognized and said they accepted the employee's argument and the restraint of trade was not enforced. Hmm. However, Nicole, Hmm. there is something to bear in mind that in the future, that might not be the position. So what we have to consider, and here are some practical tips when an employee is signing a contract that has a restraint of trade. Firstly, we have to consider why is the employer trying to have that restraint? 
basically they're trying to protect their trade secrets from being leaked out mm. so it's not something that you take personally like why do they they don't want me to work in the future they don't future, want me to live my life they don't want me exactly. to have food yeah yeah so it's not something that they're personally attacking you on however there are ways to get around it so what i generally advise my clients is if you've got a, a contract that has a very onerous restraint of trade let's say for the next 2 years you can't work for another competitor or start your own business in the same industry sit down with the employer before you sign and say listen i really love this opportunity thank you so much for giving it to me i understand why you want this restraint however can we do a non disclosure agreement and a non disclosure agreement is basically an agreement where you agree not to disclose certain aspects relating to that particular company. Mm. So for instance if you're working for Coke, you're not going to go and disclose the recipe for Coca-Cola, but you can go work in a soft drink market after that. Okay, and they can't and so you're not res- uh, restricted from working with soft drinks ever again, but you have agreed that you're not allowed to take a, like any of those secrets across. Yes. Correct, Nicole. So that mm. way the company gets to protect its trade secrets and you get to work after the employment ends. But you get some companies who wouldn't really take that. They say, "No, well, it's standard policy, and these are all the contracts, and everyone has to sign the same contract." That's the famous line. Mm. So then you say, "Look, you sit down with the person, and, and you then try to use basic human standards. You say to them, 'Is it fair for me not to work for the next two years after this employment relationship ends? How will I provide for my family?' Yeah. You know, you've got to use some basic standards and say to them." I'm happy to take this work and I know it's a bit of a difficult conversation to have because you don't want to come across as a bit aggressive before you even started work mm. but you got to think long term. I mean yeah. this has real implications for you and your family. Sure. Aslam, you know what? I have a feeling and I want to see if you're open to this. I have a feeling there's going to be a lot of people that actually have questions regarding this and mm. I'd, I'd also like to find out from you about um, abuse of fixed term contracts because I know um, in particular now there's a lot of individuals who are freelancers but you're a yeah. freelancer for like three years, four years, five years, six years, seven years, 15 years, 20 years for the same organization and you just get a one-year contract, a one-year contract is then I've heard that there's, this is not actually supposed to be happening and after two years you should be a full-time employee with benefits etc so I do want to touch on that in a few as well but I also wanted to see can I ask um, our listeners to maybe send in questions that you would be okay to answer sure sure no that's fine Nicole and you brought up an important point regarding the abuse of fixed term contracts really? because people need to know their rights yeah um, in practice I often see that companies continuously give the employees fixed term contracts instead of permanent contracts and yeah. that's actually a form of abuse in the law because you denied benefits that would normally go to permanent employees like medical aid your provident fund etc leave <laughs> yes leave. and yeah. but Nicole the most important thing is that the companies use the end of the fixed term contract as a justification to get rid of that particular employee 100%. so yes instead of following the proper hearings notices etc mm. but fortunately in labor law there is a principle called reasonable expectation and what that means is that if you want a fixed term contract and it's being renewed a number of times back to back let's say four or five times mm-hmm. 
you then developed a reasonable expectation that that fixed term contract would be renewed again now it's very important to understand you're not saying that you you developed a reasonable expectation of permanent employment you developed a reasonable expectation that your fixed term contract would be continuously renewed yeah so if the company dismisses you in that situation you go you can then argue you can go to the CSM and successfully argue and say you know what based on past practice the last four or five times you continuously renewed my contract and i reasonably expected that this contract would be renewed i have personally argued cases like that and we've won on that principle so for those people who who are on fixed term contracts and it's continuously being rolled over you can use that as a form of protection if you are dismissed this was a typed mm. out message it says if you are under restraint of trade shouldn't you be paid your full salary while under the restraint i wish nicole but mm. unfortunately that's not the position in the law essentially a restraint of trade is a contract that you sign with the with the employer saying you're not going to work for a specific time so you're not going to be paid for it. that time yes that's why it's so important to try and negotiate out of one always try and go for a non disclosure agreement or try and remove it altogether mm. you know just scratch over it and and see what hr does see what the company does and if they ask you questions just say look look at the times that we're living in is it fair for me what other arrangements can we come to mm. good so unfortunately you're not going to be paid during that time and that's why it's so important not to or try to limit the one that you have in your employment contract If you can try and put it into your contract that you will get paid, I mean that would be yeah, nice. but very <laughs> I would say exceptionally few companies will agree yeah. to that, Nicole. Unless they really, really want to keep you, and that's a good like it's a good sign, it's a good show mm. of faith, I would say. Mm. But also probably not going to happen. Nicole, got a question for Aslan. My wife went on maternity leave, Uh-oh. and when she came back, she has been replaced. One of the other ladies is now being put into her position which was office manageress and now she is being placed back in telesales is this normal practice is mm. well Nicole from what it seems like from the voice note that is something what we would call in labor law an automatically unfair dismissal meaning that uh if a company dismisses an employee based on their pregnancy religious grounds anything that's got nothing to nothing with the job related to the person or to the job yeah. then uh, that would be automatically unfair now basically if that person had to take their matter further they can approach the CSMA or the labor court and get up to if they go to the CSMA up to 12 months of the salary or if they go to the labor court up to 24 months of their salary however it doesn't mean you should now rush off to the CSMA or labor court i mean there's a whole bunch of other factors mm. and things to look at but from what i hear it sounds like an automatically unfair dismissal meaning now the onus is on the company to justify why the dismissal was what's fair you can't just replace somebody for going on maternity leave but she's still working at the, so in their mind they haven't replaced that she still has a job she's just moved that's still well that would be something called a unilateral change in working conditions any basically labor law the common principle we call in labor law is anything that happens between employer and employee must be done via consultation uh, no party can make unilateral decisions okay Yeah Is so it, it's unlike a marriage it's yeah. like a working relationship <laughs>
Okay. Are you saying? Okay. I'll leave it at that. Aslam, thank you so much. I think this has no been problem, enlightening. No um, I know that you've got somewhere to go for, for nine o'clock, and I really do appreciate the time. If somebody does want to get in touch about legal things with you, they like the way you sound. I mean, are you open to them like popping by the office, sure. their website? Sure. Whatever the they quickest do? way actually to get all of me is just YouTube. YouTube Aslam Mullah or YouTube Legal Leaders. I've got about 30 different videos there. Ha. I give practical tips on how ha. to prepare for disciplinary hearings. Yes. How to do things like that. So there's a lot of free stuff out there. Just go on to YouTube. Beautiful. Love you. Love your work. Thank you so much, Aslam. Thanks, Nicole. Appreciate it. Cheers. Get busy. Get busy on Extra Loud Mornings. Extra Loud Mornings.